You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Better Man Podcast. My name is Adam Tarno, and I am joined once again by one of the founding partners of Better Man, Robert Lewis. Robert, how are you doing this morning? Wonderful. Great to be with you, Adam. Good to be with you. I'm excited about today's interview. We have got my buddy, uh, Clint Rutledge, who leads an organization called Coaching at Its Core. And Clint has got a uh, an amazing story. His dad was a pretty well-known high school football coach here in the great state of Texas. Clint was a uh, was a star quarterback under his father's program and uh, has now devoted his life to helping equip coaches to engage students to talk about uh, life's most important issues. As you and I, even before we hit record, we're talking about a, a coach had a pretty big impact in your life, right? He did. When I was growing up, uh, I was pretty much kind of a off-center teen who was going through some real trouble. And for whatever reason, he, and this is the word I like to use, he noticed me as just an athlete and began to speak into my life. And uh, really, it it was a major defining moment in my teenage years. In fact, um, some 40 years later, when I had my, my son, uh, Garrett, I named my firstborn son after that coach. That's how much he impacted me. Wow. Well, yeah, Clint and his dad have definitely seen the role that coaches can play and the influence that they can have. Uh, they both love Jesus. And uh, so they are out there working with public schools, uh, trying to raise up the next generation of better men and better women. And so we're excited to have him uh, here on the podcast today talking about what he's seeing out there with the youth and the and the young men in our culture. And I think we're really going to like it. So you guys take a listen to this interview and then uh, Robert and I will be back with some closing comments. All right. Well, Clint, welcome to the podcast. It's fun having you on today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I can't really, I can't tell you how excited I am. I of course read um, Robert's book years ago and then have been through men's fraternity at our church and um, just the work that he has done and Adam you're doing with him. um, It's a tremendous honor to be a part of it in a small way. Yeah. Well, I love it. I'm glad that you're here. So why don't we just start off talking about coaching at its core? What is it? Uh, And just give, give our listeners a little idea of that. Absolutely. You know, coaching at its core, it's it's designed for high school coaches, but it really can go with anybody that's involved in coaching. Um, and it's intended to go beyond the game. So there's so many parallels between sports and life, and the greatest of coaches will connect those dots. They'll say, hey, guys, look at how you persisted and finally came through on this. It's the same in life. You've got to persist when things get tough. And the coaches that don't do that, it's not always because they don't want to. It's just because, you know, they're not thinking to connect the dots. And coaching at its core is meant to to really address today's social issues. So we kind of get we dig deep into some of the issues that are going on in the world, um, but more that kids are dealing with the issues, the the challenges they're facing in today's world and how coaches can be a part of that solution for those kids. Yeah, because there is a lot. I mean, and I think, as you mentioned, I mean, within sports, there's a lot of way to talk about perseverance and character and honesty and integ kind of things. But that's not all that we can help kids with uh, and help students with. I mean, there are some really serious issues going on in the lives, uh, specifically of high school students right now. And you guys are trying to be on the front lines of that and help equip coaches, not just to connect with perseverance and character, but also, hey, let's talk about these really important issues that are going on right now. 
Absolutely. Yeah, because you can't avoid them, you know, and in today's world where we're so um, interconnected through social media and different things that are happening in society, kids are aware of these things. And they're things that we we have to be equipped and ready to address. And, you know, coaches, I would argue, are one of the rarest forms of adults in the world today that actually have the ear of a teenager. How many other adults have a teenager that they that teenager wants to know what the coach thinks? They want to hear what he has to say. And if they are equipped to speak uh, well into the lives of these kids when it comes to these difficult issues, not that they have to be counselors, but just enough to to make an impact in their life is all we're shooting for. That's right. And so uh, your organization helps all coaches, both for men's and women's sports. But today, and as we talk about the story of coaching at its core and unpack some of these issues that students are facing, we're going to focus a little bit more on men and the young men that you guys are helping to, because you're really what you're trying to do is help raise up this next generation of leaders and men in our culture, which very much lines up with what we're trying to do uh, here with Better Man. And so why don't we do this? Why don't we tell the story of how coaching at its core came about? Because I think it's a pretty interesting story. Yeah, you bet. You know, um, there's a I do a lot of work with different coaches around the state. And uh, my dad, when he started his career, was really big on character development through sports and ended up having a tremendous amount of success at a high school uh, near San Antonio. Um, he won multiple state championships, was the team and coach of the decade in the eighties and the nineties. And people were coming from all over to see what was the secret to what they were doing. And it wasn't in the offense we were running or the defense, it was in the character development. Um, and that kind of translated in as I graduated from college, did different things, but I was always involved in the character development behind sports And that led to, I was working with different athletic directors across the state of Texas. And one in particular is a man named Stan Lang. And Stan Lang is one of the most progressive, greatest athletic directors in the state of Texas. He's at Northside ISD. And it's one of the largest school districts in Texas. And his big thing is the platform of coaching to coach beyond the game. So we were talking about stuff with kids and then it came up. He said, hey, Clint, what do you have for young coaches? So we've got a lot of young coaches getting into the profession and we're seeing that they have a lot of the same issues that our kids are having. And we need something where we can train and equip them to help the young people that they're coaching. And we want to catch them right as they're getting into the profession. And I thought, you know, that's a good point. So visited with my dad about it, who at this point had retired from coaching and taken over the Texas High School Coaches Association. and we talked about the issues. And so when we started going on a journey, basically saying, okay, how can we learn what kids are dealing with today, what young coaches are dealing with, and then how can we provide a way to help them and equip them to tackle these issues? Because coaches aren't the kind that back away from things. They'll take it on. Um, So we went on this year long journey and we ended up coming up with about six things major issues that we see that kids are dealing with. And we created an online um, course or video series where each video is about 15 minutes long. And there's an accompanying study guide that um, these coaches can watch a video and they'll see where we go. And it's on a specific topic. And we go and we interview somebody that's an expert in that area or interview multiple people. And the videos follow this journey and talk about what's the issue and then how can coaches be a part of the solution. 
Yeah. So why don't you give me an example? What are what are these six issues that you guys have some uh, some resources to help with? Absolutely. So initially, you know, one of the first things that jumped out, which um, I have to be honest, I wasn't quite aware of. I knew suicide was an issue and I knew social media. I figured, you know, those were the things, dating violence, some of those things. But the one that jumped out at the forefront um, that a lot of counselors were telling us to watch out for, it was going to be the next growing pandemic in the teen world, was teen anxiety. I didn't realize anxiety was such an issue, but um, so we hit, so we obviously put anxiety at the top. And then we went to teen suicide, social media. We have two sessions on that because that's that's such a big deal in today's world. And there's so many revolving issues around that. Um, dating violence, you know, when you're talking young men that are high in testosterone, they're supposed to be real aggressive on the football field. But then how do they turn that off when they're with a young lady? If they've never had the guidance from a, a grown man to say, this is how you treat a young lady. Um, so where you see that being an issue, fatherless homes is um, it's it's definitely a pandemic in the world as well. I know pandemic's kind of a buzzword now because of COVID, but fatherless homes is an epidemic, I guess is a better way to say it, that um, is really an issue in today's world. Um, and then, you know, we, we published the series and then it came around in 2020, came out swinging with all kinds of things. And we saw racism and social justice come up to the forefront. Not that it hasn't been an issue in the past. I'm not saying that. But when you talk about locker rooms, um, racism was actually one of the few areas where I think our country has been getting it right is in the locker room. Um, so we didn't see that as an issue. But now that um, 2020 has thrown its blows, we've had, we've added two more sessions when it comes to racism and social justice. Yeah. And I know, you know, you and I are, uh, have had conversations, we know each other. And so I know you're, you're a follower of Jesus and faith is a, is, you know, such a central part of your life is coaching at its core, um, faith-based. Do you bring faith-based principles in? How do you, how do you try to blend those two worlds? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we are dealing with school districts and so, um, you have to be respectful of that. Um, so, you try to you try to be conscientious of it, but at the same time, the truth is the truth. It is what it is, you know, and you don't water that down. And so you see throughout the course of the videos, um, guys talk about their faith. Um, and quite frankly, we all know that this the one simple answer in today's world and today's issues is Jesus. And that truth is not something that we look to put under a rock. Um, it's something that we just, we, we went and attacked it head on. Um, we didn't try to beat people over the head with the Bible, but at the same time, we didn't shy away from it. And then our prayer was just that God would put it where he wants it. Um, and it would get in the schools where it needed to be. And if somebody had an issue, then he'd find a way around that. The good thing is he's God, so he can do that if he wants. Amen. And that's what, you know, Clint, that was one thing that as I got to know more and more of your story was so impressive to me is that you looked at these issues and uh, and you also had your faith and your compassion that was fueled from your life that's been transformed by Jesus. And you didn't just sit there and go, all right, well, I'm going to go try to find uh, high school coaches at Christian high schools and I'm just going to go try to help them with all of this that you said, no, I, I want to be a leader and, and a leader for everyone that's going to try to bring help to everyone in my uh, in my town, in my city, in my state. And you just went after it, man. And that is so impressive. And uh, and I really commend you for that, because I think that's uh, such a great 
refreshing and encouraging thing just to see men like you out there leading going, we see some problems. I can't fix all of them, but I can do something. And, and here's what I'm going to do. And, uh, and I'm going to move forward. That you have, are you using different coaches to speak on those videos? Who's doing the videos? Yes, sir. So um, what we did is it was kind of, it didn't turn out exactly like we wanted with, it was meant to be kind of like me traveling around doing almost a documentary and talking to different people about these issues. But yes, um, like the first part of it, because we did it for coaches, the very first session is the role of athletics in education. So we're not necessarily hitting anxiety yet. That comes in session two, but we have coaches in that session talking about how my dad always said there's two types of education. There's, there's an education that teaches you how to make a living, math, science, all those kind of things. And then there's an education that teaches you how to live. And that's what extracurricular activities provides. That's what sports provides. They teach you what it takes to live life. And so, yes, definitely. We're, we're interviewing coaches, um, college coaches, high school coaches. Uh, my dad's in it, of course. Um, talking about the role of athletics in the educational process, because there are people out there today, and that's something we have to address at the beginning, um, that want to pull athletics out of education and make it its own thing. And it's too important to take away from the educational process. I mean, it's a key factor. And so, yes, we it's coaches and then it's counselors. It's um, you'll see, you know, some stuff with a police officer talking when we're talking about teen suicide and different things. So there's there's all people from all kinds of fields in there. A documentary kind of. process. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As best we could do it. Now, you definitely know it's not made in Hollywood. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't cut yourself short. I've seen some of them. They're they're uh, they're great. I like them. So, um, okay, so a, a coach will watch this. You probably are just doing some education through all of this, trying to give the coaches some language, maybe some vocabulary, a path to in, in the at the end of the video. Then with some of your other materials, it kind of gives them a plan on how to address this with their team. Is that correct? Absolutely. So, yes, each one has the video and then there's sections that are in the study guide. And the first part of it just kind of sets their mind right. So it's a reflection time. So it's on this topic, you know, it's asking three or four questions. Where have you dealt, for example, anxiety, where have you dealt with anxiety in your life just to get their mindset, right? Then they watch the video. And then after that, they're going to come back and they're going to do some group discussion questions where they're going to talk about where have you seen this issue? How have you addressed it? And then it ends with where they're writing out their personal philosophy when it comes to their coaching career What's their plan of action moving forward? Or how are they going to help their kids with teen anxiety? Um, the best way to put it is what we're trying to do. If you there's something in our brains, and I'm not smart enough to give all the technical terms, but there's something in our brains that where God put it in there that blocks because there's so much sensory out there that if we took in everything, it would literally drive us crazy. So our brains naturally filter things out. Um, but when something's triggered, now we start noticing it's like it moves through that filter. Give you an example. If you were out and you loved the new Ford Expedition that came out and you wanted a white one. Well, now as you're driving around the road, you start seeing white Ford Expeditions everywhere. And you weren't seeing them before, but now you are because something triggered in your brain to start to notify your brain to start noticing that. That's what we're trying to do with these coaches is say, you don't have to fix teen anxiety. You don't even have to be a counselor. We just want to put it on your radar 
So that now when you see a kid struggling, you recognize the signs, you can go to a counselor and you can say, hey, I'm kind of seeing this um, with the school counselor. I think maybe if you call them in, just check with them, I'll do the same. Let's just start making sure they realize that we care about them. That's such a great analogy. I really like that. That that really makes a lot of sense. Um, so let's unpack a few of these. And I, I know you know we don't want to uh, give away all the content that you guys have put together, but I think it would be good just to unpack a few of these and just to get inside the mind of a young man right now that may be dealing with some of these issues. There might be somebody listening right now that has some teenagers or young men in their life where this would be helpful for them to start seeing that that Ford Expedition. Um, so let's let's go with the top one with anxiety. So what were some things you learned? And what are some things that are going on out there in the in the hearts of young men when it comes to this topic? Yeah. So, you know, learning about anxiety, you kind of go, okay, everybody deals with stress. So at what point does stress or anxiety start to become an issue and not just a part of life? And I think the best way I knew to say it is if you look back over the last six months, if you've had more days that are involving stress and anxiety than you have good days, now you've got a chronic issue. And so that's where you start having a problem. Well, you take that and you look at, okay, well, how many teens realistically are dealing with this? The statistics show that one in three teen girls are dealing with some kind of anxiety disorder and one in four teen boys are dealing with some kind of anxiety disorder. Um, Kids are under a lot of pressure today. Um, You know, there's the kids that have no guidance at home and they have their issues But then there's the kids that maybe have parents that are overly involved and they feel a huge sense of pressure. So they've got pressure coming from their parents, from their peers to perform. Um, They've got all kinds of pressures on them. And then they look in the world of social media and, you know, you see everything. All these issues are are intertwined like a ball of Christmas lights that are together, you know. Um, And so focusing back on anxiety, all of these pressures come in and it's creating challenges for these kids. And they quite frankly, don't realize they've got anxiety issues and they don't know how to deal with it. And so they start finding ways to release it in different ways. And a lot of times that's acting out, that's in a act of defiance, that's getting involved with habits that are going to take them down a wrong path. Um, So having the ability to have an adult in their life that says, all right, we, I know you're stressed. Let's talk about why. And then let's talk about the right ways to release it. Next, obviously exercise is one of those. And that's one of the great things about football. A guy can go put on pads, a young man with a lot of testosterone and maybe some anxiety and go hit somebody and it's okay. You know, so that that's a good thing there too. Um, with anxiety, what I've noticed too, is some of the research that I've done, it's the number one mental health issue in America for adults right now. And I think it was uh, somewhere around 20% a couple of years ago when I looked at the stats so your stats that you just said uh, would make it even worse than what yes. it is for adults right now. You said what 25% of, of young men and 33% of young women. So one in three and one in four. Yes. Those are staggering numbers. I mean, they really are. And if we want to help these young men grow to be a better man, we've got to be able to help them navigate this. Absolutely. You know, and that's what it leads to the next topic, um, which we go into, which is teen suicide. Um, not to say that if you're listening to this and you know, your kid's stressed out because of school and stuff that they're, they're about to, you know, they're on a road to suicide. I don't want to give anybody fear there. Um, but you also can't ignore it. You know, it's something that we can't stick our head in the sand and just pretend it doesn't exist. Um, 
we, the reason we put teen suicide in there is because we want coaches, we want parents to, to be aware that it's out there. And the, an alarming statistic on that for me was there's over 3,000 attempts at suicide per day in America of kids grades 9 through 12. That doesn't even include middle school kids. I mean, you think about that, 3,000 attempts per day. Our kids are struggling and battling with some things that we've got to get a handle on and and just, again, be looking for that white expedition. It, a lot of times it just takes time to, to stop and ask how a kid's doing. We actually experienced that. Um, a teacher actually taking the time to do that with my son just yesterday. Um, my son's 15 now. Um, my dad is, is a fairly well-known figure, especially in the state of Texas, but with coaches across the nation. And he had a, a horrific accident on Friday. Um, he was on his bike and um, trying to exercise and coming down a hill pretty fast. He said he thinks he was going a little over 20 miles an hour down this hill and lost control, flipped over his handlebars. Um, he's now in intensive care. He's got 10 broken ribs, a punctured lung, cracked vertebrae, um, cracked sternum. He's, he's battling and my son, you know, in the midst of all this, I mean, we're just getting flooded with calls and people being kind and stuff. So it's easy for your kids. I've got three kids to, um, you know, kind of disappear in this and not want to get in the way, especially when they're good, conscientious kids, which we're blessed with. And we've been real intentional with them to make sure they're okay. But my son went to class yesterday, which being Monday. And his teacher, when, as soon as he caught him at the door, his first period teacher was waiting on him, said, hey, I heard about your grandfather. How are you doing? And he said, I know we've got a test today, but if you feel like you're not ready or mentally there, then we, we can postpone that. And Ryder, my son, said, no, I think I'm OK, but thank you so much for asking. He said, well, if you don't do well on it, we'll try again. But, <laughs> you know, I took the time to so email sweet. that teacher because yeah. that's what education's about. That's what teaching and coaching is about is recognizing that your kids, man, they're growing up and they've got things that they're dealing with and just taking the time to say, Hey, how are you? That meant a world to my son that some other adult would do that. Yeah. And you know, to the coach and the teacher or anybody that's working with young people right now, what we need to encourage you and to remind you of is um, they are appreciative and they wish they would say thank you and they don't, but they yeah. do, they do really appreciate you reaching out to them that, and, and it's what we face with parenting, right? That seed sowing where you don't see the fruit right away. It's easy to get discouraged when you're being the leader in that situation. And uh, just, just to remind people, this is worth it. These conversations, they're hearing more than, than you probably think, right? Absolutely. And, and you never know how, you know, my son's not in that situation, given that story, but you never know when a kid is really on the fence and struggling and just one kind word takes their life in a whole new direction. Um, you never know, you know, talking about teen anxiety and suicide, we've been inundated this year with the COVID pandemic and COVID-19, you see it all over the news. People are wearing masks everywhere. Some people are annoyed with it. Some people are scared with it, but it's all about this pandemic. Well, it's been intriguing to me having just gone through and produced this study to know that what I was hearing was the next big pandemic that was coming was anxiety and suicide, teen suicide, but primarily teen anxiety. Hearing that that from counselors is the next big pandemic 
And then all of a sudden COVID jumps to the forefront. I've felt like in this whole time, I've kind of watched and been looking off in the shadows, seeing that pandemic of teen anxiety growing and getting stronger and stronger and stronger as all these issues that the COVID fears created. Well, these teens are on the sidelines processing it. They're trying to figure out how do we socialize? You know, I mean, that's a big part of being a teenager. How do we hang out with our friends? We can't go play our sports. We can't do the things that we like to do. Well, what's that doing? That's feeding that anxiety and that pandemic that was already coming. And now has just been fed by COVID, but nobody's looking at. And so I just think it's such an important thing now that we as parents and our coaches and our teachers, we need to not be, um, we as parents, we as coaches, we need to be aware that that's there and not ignore it because it is something that I think is more threatening to our kids than COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And we know this as, uh, as parents and adults, life doesn't get less stressful. Yeah. So what they're starting to experience now in high school, you know, the, this is the next generation of, of teachers and nurses and doctors and government officials and leaders and um, business owners and uh, you name it. And uh, we have got to start this conversation now. So maybe, maybe the, the youth now, their eyes are opening to the reality of how broken our world is, maybe younger than when we were in high school. That doesn't mean we can ignore it. We, we just have opportunities to equip earlier uh, these young men, because these are, this is going to be the future and we've got to be able to do this. And it's so important for teachers and coaches, especially have those, the, the ear of those teenagers to take advantage of these opportunities. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and one of the things we talk about is with great challenges also come great opportunities. And so, yeah, we've been faced with a lot of challenges in today's world, but there's even bigger opportunities that have been presented opportunities for deeper, stronger relationships between families, between fathers and sons and fathers and daughters, opportunities for coaches to speak into the lives of their kids and say, hey, you young men are leaders in this school. And we know kids today are being challenged because of COVID and anxiety. You go find somebody to encourage. You can do that as a young man. And you never know how you encouraging somebody in the school that never would have expected that will change their world. And what happens when that young man goes and encourages somebody, they walk away feeling blessed and good. And they go, you know, that's worth doing. And so now all of a sudden, like you said, these young leaders of tomorrow are realizing that, Hey, when a crisis hits, that's my time to lead. It's not my time to step aside and be scared. It's my time to step up and be courageous and start leading these other people in my school and encouraging them because God equipped me with the strength to do that. Yeah, it really is another way to frame up uh, 2020 and to use the athletic analogy that this is the greatest training camp that any leader has ever been through. I mean, this is better than, uh, so we're recording a podcast, let's be honest, uh, this is better than any podcast, uh, this is better than any leadership book, uh, better than any TED Talk. This is, uh, these are extra plates going on that barbell <laughs> for the bench press right now of 2020. There is a way to look at this of going, man, I'm really encouraged to see what the world, like the, the, uh, the quality of leaders we're going to have uh, mm-hmm. when this season of, uh, is over is pretty encouraging in the church, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, all over. This is some really great leadership training uh, right now as well. It is. And, you know, that's our job, I think, as adults and parents, coaches, is to find the teachable moments and make the most of them. And as much as we don't like to go through tough times, the most teachable 
times or during those tough times. So, man, let's not let this opportunity go by without saying, here's how you get better, young person. Hey there, podcast listeners, Adam Tarno here. If you didn't hear during our last episode, Better Man's online store has officially launched. That's right, we've got swag now. You can go out to betterman.com slash store and purchase items like hats and shirts and pullovers. And I know that you know this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. We don't mark up anything to earn a profit. This is simply a great opportunity to help us spread the word about the free life-changing resources that we offer here at Better Man. So when you're done driving around or working out or whatever you're doing right now when you're listening, when you're done with that, go out and visit betterman.com slash store. That's betterman.com slash store. So you said in the first version of Coaching at Its Core that you created, you had um, you didn't include the topics of racism and social justice, not that those weren't there, um, but talk a little bit about the story there on how you guys made that decision to go ahead and add these subjects uh, to the curriculum to help coaches be equipped to have these conversations. The issues of racism and social justice really started coming to the forefront in society. You know, the stuff with George Floyd happened and we started really seeing um, celebrities in the sports world using their sports platform to, to say what they believe, then of course that's going to trickle down, you know, it trickles to college and then it trickles to high school. And so naturally as coaches, they've got to be prepared to address that issue. Um, Let's just put it in a practical term. You're a high school coach. You've got a locker room full of black kids, white kids, Hispanic kids, and they, the black kids or the white kids or whoever wants to kneel for the national anthem, three or four or five, six of them want to. But then there's other kids who at home, their parents are telling them, don't you kneel for that national anthem. You stand up with your hand on your heart. Well, now you're a 16 year old kid put in a tough situation. Um, which way do you go? You're not a grown man, an adult that's being paid to play a game doing this. You're a kid that's, you know, got these different issues. You want to help your buddies in the locker room. You love them. You love your family, your coach it's a tough situation. Coaches were, are put in a situation that are dealing with young people that had to address the issue. So we felt like, okay, we need to add something to coaching at its core to help coaches. We're not going to solve the nation's issues with this, but how do we help coaches in the midst of this situation, do it in a constructive way. And I was actually asked to come speak at some different places. I speak to a lot of different groups and I went and I was speaking to a rather large district in Texas and I did my normal speech, but come to find out later, I wasn't asked to come speak on racism. I was just speaking on coaching in general. Well, all of this was still pretty fresh. This was in the summer after all this had happened. Well, come to find out after giving my speech a few weeks later, there were some um, African-American coaches that had been in attendance that were offended by my talk. And I was shocked. I didn't really think there was anything in my talk that would have offended him. But the only thing I knew to do in my gut reaction was to ask the athletic director who was telling me these coaches were offended. I said, well, can you get their permission for me to reach out to them and find out how I offended them and possibly apologize? And so that ended up happening. Um, it was a tough conversation. It's scary. I can't tell you my, how much my heart was racing. I don't like conflict. I like a lot of us. I didn't want to deal with this, but I felt like it was something I needed to know. Where did I go wrong? Where did I fall short? Or where was the misunderstanding? So we had a conversation. And throughout the conversation, it became obvious that I could have communicated things differently. 
Um, I think they were also, and they admitted were being very sensitive um, and took things the wrong way that weren't intended that way. And they saw that through the course of our conversation. But what it did is it made me realize, and it made me almost a little self-conscious that, okay, I'm trying to do these things and present this coaching at its core, but I'm a white guy trying to talk about racism. And it really started creating in me this doubt that, can I even say something? Should I, should I say something or do I not have a right? But then as I really prayed through it, I thought, you know, there's things I really cannot speak to and and I just need to acknowledge that. But how do we get better as a a society if a white man can't talk about the issues and seek to understand and a black man can't share where they're coming from, which is actually what happened to a good friend of mine named Stephen Mackey that does a lot of speaking. He and I spoke together at a coaches convention. So you had a black guy and a white guy sitting there talking about these issues and how to help coaches move forward. Um, And the bottom line comes down to, do we have a heart to get better, to get better as a society? And it really comes down to this. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic. God said it at the very beginning, treat other people the way you want to be treated. If you're black, treat people the way you want to be treated. If you're white, treat people the way you want to be treated. Hispanic. If we can do that, and we can teach our kids to do that. And I think they've been doing that in a locker room for longer than we've been doing it in society. Then we'll start taking steps in the right direction. But we felt like we did need to address what we called the elephant in the locker room. And that's the issue of racism and how do you get your kids all on the same page and moving in the same direction. I love that, Clint. Again, that, the courage, um, the humility, and uh, just the fact that you men were able to get in a room and have a conversation and seek understanding and you were able to uh, apologize, you know, repent, ask forgiveness for, for uh, you know, unwell or not. Um, those conversations, we need about, um, you know, 100,000 more of those a day. I, I, that, that's our hope, right? That's, that's what we have to do. And what we want to see happen is more conversations because you're right. We can't just ignore it and just say, well, because I'm whatever color you say, I can't talk to it, uh, to the issue. That's not true. We all are going to be, uh, we all have to be engaged in this if we're going to try to solve this problem and, and help make some progress. And so anyway, your example is very encouraging and, um, and I really appreciate that and, um, such a neat story. And it, and it is, it's, the, these are topics that, as you said, have to be added, uh, to this because this is what everybody's talking about. And, um, and it's important, you know, really, really important stuff. So, way to go for, for pivoting there and and adding that to the curriculum. Thank you. And a a quick side note, you know, when all this happened with my dad, um, I was getting all these texts from coaches all over the nation, emails, responses, but one that really kind of jumped out at me. I mean, they all jumped out at me and they were, we were very appreciative, but one text that I got that, man, we are praying for you and praying for your dad was the main coach that I'd had that conversation with. He, he shot me a text just to say, man, I, I, I'm praying for you. And he said, brother, brother, I'm praying for you. And that was really interesting and cool to get that. Because um, at the end of the conversation, I did say, well, will you forgive me for where I failed to communicate more effectively? And he said, 100% yes. And so anyways, that was kind of neat. You know, everybody listening to this podcast right now, or not everybody listening to this podcast right now is a coach uh, or a teacher in high school. But I still think there's some things for our audience to learn 
from what you're doing. And so how would you, let's, let's, uh, let's just kind of split up our audience a little bit here. So let's say there's a single adult guy that's listening right now. Um, who's again, not in the high school uh, arena. What would you encourage him to do right now? Yeah. You know, in some way, like you said, Adam, we're all coaches. Um, if you're say a, a, a single adult male, um, these issues are out there. The white expeditions are driving around and you never know when God's going to put one of those young people in your spot or bring them across your path to speak into their life. So I think as, as men that are leaders in this world, that we need to not be self-absorbed and about ourselves. We need to be looking for ways to help. And that includes help the young men that are, that are out there. You never know when they're going to come across your path. And these issues are things that we all need to be educating ourselves on. That's right. Yeah, I think about that. Yeah, like ask yourself. So let's go through this list of these topics again. And then as a young man, just ask yourself, if, if, if a teenager came up to me and said, what do I think about this? Or how should I think about this? Do I have an answer? And if the answer is no, then I need to go get equipped. So do I know how to speak to anxiety, teen suicide, social media, dating violence, fatherless homes, racism, and social justice, issues of social justice. If the answer is no, then you got some work to do. You know, we, we're all, we've got to be ready to give the answer uh, when we're asked. And so I think that's a great admonishment to, uh, to some young single adults that are maybe listening right now. Absolutely. You know, you don't, you don't show up to a game, walk onto the field and hope it all works out. You show up with the game plan. You show up with a plan to, here's how we're going to attack what the opponent's going to try to do. And that doesn't matter if you're a single adult, if you're married or if you're an empty nester, you need to have a plan for when God puts those young people or really anybody in your path that's dealing with these issues. Okay. So what would you say to the married men listening right now that do have some uh, school-aged kids at home? How would you encourage them? Yeah, absolutely. So let's say you're a a married man that, um, that has young kids and you think, well, my kids aren't teenagers yet. They're not ready to deal with this. Well, first and foremost, let me challenge you guys to get out and coach. Even if you've never played the game, you can learn about it and coach. There were over 45 million kids that participated in sports of some kind in America last year. And they are always looking for coaches in youth league organizations. But imagine if our communities were full of men that were leaders that went and they were willing to give their time to coach, but then connect the dots. And you say, well, how do I do that? Or why would I do that with a group of eight-year-olds? Well, none of us can argue that kids are forced to grow up faster today because, because of cell phones, because of internet, they're, they're put in front of more adult issues early. And so as you move to eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, those preteen years are hugely important because you're setting the stage and the foundation and the platform in those years for how they will navigate their teenage years. And once they hit those teenage years, man, they're off and running and they're making their decisions. So it's those early years where you've got their ear the most, and that's your chance to really lay a good, strong foundation of having the courage to stand alone if you need to, making good choices, teaching people what's right, teaching kids what's right. So if you're a married man, it doesn't matter if it's if you've got a daughter or a son, man, get out there and coach and then connect the dots between sports and life. 
That's right. There's again, there's a dad out there that needs to hear that because he just got back from soccer practice and it felt like hurting squirrels and uh, he needs to know (laughs) (laughs) there is a, there's a purpose in all of this. So way to go. Let's just wrap this up with uh, empty nesters. How would you encourage the guy that, you know, kids are gone, um, still got a lot of life left. What would you encourage him with? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're an empty nester, you know, your kids have moved on. Well, you know, grandkids hopefully are not too far away. Um, are you preparing yourself to, to recognize the white expeditions in your grandkids' lives? I know my parents have done a fantastic job with that. Um, they've, they've spoken wisdom into the life of my kids at times where they've seen, you know, hey, we're seeing this that maybe y'all are around them all the time. You don't see it. And they'll just write them a nice letter um, and they'll speak into their lives. I tell you, if you're an empty nester and you're looking for something to do again, get out and coach. You know, if you've got something where you can invest back into the lives of these kids, you never know. And like you said, Adam, you never know when they're, they're hearing you or not. Um, uh, when they were, when our boys, when we first started this group of the nights, we had a little um, boy in our group named Bubba and Bubba is a character. And I always teased him that, you know, every team needs a Bubba. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to give this great speech. You know, I'm a speaker and sometimes I have a hard time cutting it off, but I'm giving this great speech on sports and life. And as soon as I'm done, I look at him and Bubba goes, are you bald? My daddy's bald. (laughs) And I said, Bubba, that was not what the talk was about, but you just never know. But Bubba still remembers what I was saying in that talk because he's one of those in that group. But you don't always know that you're reaching them, but you are. You're planting those seeds that one day will grow. I love it. Clint, this has been such a great uh, conversation. You are such an encouragement to me. I'm glad to call you a friend. I'm glad you and Robert were able to meet uh, here today. And uh, keep it up, friend. Keep it up. The world needs more Clint Rutledges out there. And uh, so thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. And thank you so much for having me. It's been a true joy uh, to meet you, Mr. Lewis. And Adam, it's always so much fun to talk to you. So thank you. All right, Robert. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm ready to run through a wall. Uh, something about being around coaches, right? So what, what are some final thoughts you have on uh, our conversation there with Clint? Well, I just, I couldn't help but when I listened to him, just thank God that we've got guys like him that the Lord has raised up to build into some of our greatest influencers in America today with young people. Man, that was encouraging. Yeah, it really is. I just appreciate his courage, his humility, Uh, Everything that I said to him during the interview, uh, every conversation, I leave feeling the same way with him, which is uh, I feel hopeful, uh, his optimism, and uh, and I feel challenged in all the right ways to go, okay, where do I need to exhibit some more courage in my life? Lean into some uncomfortable conversations, be humble, ask questions, be teachable, um, not just be lazy and say, well, I'm this age and I I, I don't have the energy for that anymore. You know, I, I, I... He's a, he's an inspiration and I, I'm sure our listeners are going to feel the same way. All right, Robert, as always fun to be with you. Glad we were able to both be a part of that conversation. You have a good day. Thanks a lot. Hey everybody, Adam Tarno here. If you like what you heard on the show today, please do us a favor and rate and review the show. That'll help people find us. If you are a church or organization leader interested in bringing the Better Man 11 week event to your community, go to betterman.com for more information. Today's episode was mixed and edited by the team at Sound of a Rose. And you can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. This has been the Better Man Podcast. Have a great day.